1: and Dr. Richmond Etiyahine, lecturer at the G- Ghana Banking College. Please be a part of this as we engage ourselves in this thought leadership program. You're still listening to the Joy of Business Report with me, Charles Ayote. Now, two other stories. The local industry plays are expected to up their game to produce products that will make them competitive as the continental free trade agreement area kicks in this can
2: only be achieved when they develop their capacity to allow them to compete not only locally waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help
1: But on the international market space, it is for this reason that the Association of Ghana Industries (AGI) is organizing the 2019 Ghana Industrial Summit and Exhibition on the theme "Strengthen Ghanaian Industries for Global Competitiveness." Here's the Chief Executive Officer of the AGI, Setchu Makua, who spoke to Joy Business.
3: We think that it is critical that our industries are able to compete not just within our market but also internationally. Mm. The fact is that if you don't develop your capacity to compete well in your own market, if you're only thinking of external. Market, even the local market, you will lose it. So be act, be, be very uh, strong in your market, and then be ready for local and uh, international market as well. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind that we now have the CFTA free trade agreement. which mm-hmm. means that we're going to open our markets for goods coming from various parts of Africa mm-hmm. uh, entering our market duty free, quota free. Of course, it's also open to us. But if you don't develop your capacity, uh, you will not I be able to do so. Summit of this nature brings. Together, the industrial players, Mm. key areas that we need to focus on. We discuss strategic issues. We also showcase by way of exhibition some of the key products that we are producing here. And then we strategize on which of the products have to be really uh, promoted, both locally and internationally.
1: Chief Executive Officer of the AGI, "Chuma Chumakwabra. The program is expected to bring together members of the association and captains of industry and it will take place from Tuesday, September 10 to Thursday, September 12 at the Accra International Conference Centre. The fund established to mitigate the risks associated with lending to farmers, that is the Ghana Incentive-Based Risk Sharing System for Agricultural Lending, is now operational. That's according to the Deputy Minister for Horticulture, the Minister of Food and Agriculture, George O'Dru. The program was established to reduce the perceived risk of agriculture financing and to crowd in f- private finance to support smallholder farmers across the country. Mr. Odro spoke at the GIPC Invest in Ghana session of the 2019 Africa Green Revolution Forum on Investing in Agriculture.
4: The one they said one factory will depend on raw materials for industry and so they need to intensify production investment in the mechanization to reduce the drudgery in farming and attract the youth into the agriculture in Ghana the banking center see agriculture or farming as a risk so the government it right to establish an institution to back these banks so now the risk for a bank lending to a farmer The risk is being weighed off because when a bank lends to a farmer, the bank is able to register with GESA and the GESA will take 80% of the risk from the bank. So now it's open and it's free. The banks are willing to lend to farmers now. It's not like before. It's another initiative the government has done just to improve the farming activities and raise the livelihood of farmers.
1: Deputy Minister for Horticulture, the Ministry of Food and Agriculture, George Udrow. Meanwhile, the 4-day African Green Revolution Forum underway here in Accra is organised by the Alliance for Green Revolution in Africa, Agra, and the Government of Ghana. Now, they may be young, but very talented and daring baden engineers in the making. They defy all odds to build robots outside the normal classroom theories. Now, Mawenya Fia is a 15-year-old junior high school pupil who has developed a ferry tested on the Volta Lake and joined the National Society of Black Engineers. My colleague, Fred Duho, caught up with him and others as the rest of the story and has the rest of the story in today's Business Journal. Take a listen.
5: Their ages, location, and poor living conditions are not serving as a barrier to the imagination, creativity, and ambition of 15-year-old, Nosimarunya fear who was passed to become an engineer in the near future. From Labolabo, Labo, a farming community in the eastern region, Maunyefia did not hold back his ambition to invent a makeshift ferry which he has experimented on the Volta Lake. His teacher Gilbert Kodo tells us Maunyefia got him marveled when he first presented a drawing of the ferry in a book. He consequently encouraged him to convert his imagination into reality.
6: Well, I asked him to go and bring what he can do for me to see. And he came out with this wonderful model. In fact, I was marvel. So, I'm hoping to uh, get the idea about the scientific uh, principles behind what he has done.
5: Maunifia tells Joy Business his idea was born out of proximity to the Volta Lake. I do a Pantu the bottom of a Pantu flat, so that if I put it in water the apples force it will attract in it. I want to be engineer. I need a workshop in my school so that if I can do more things. Mounifia got pieces of roofing sheets, nail, and other accessories and in a few days was ready with a model of a ferry for presentation at his school's exhibition program. At the 12th National Society of Black Engineers Ghana International Conference and exhibition held in Accra, Mounifia joined other young engineers to exhibit their talents. Jata Michael and Emmanuel Senyadokye, both of Pusek Legon Senior High School, who also jointly invented a miniature car, were optimistic that they could do more if they get timely sponsorship from government. Their long-term ambition is to build sophisticated electrical cars.
6: If we find a way for drivers who under
7: certain conditions are unable to make certain decisions, that could save their lives. If these decisions could be made by the car instantly, when the situation happens, without the driver having to respond, it will be able to save a lot of lives. We bought this on uh, on the net okay. Yeah. So we
6: assembled the parts And to make this bot, Smartphone, you can easily Switch on your outside bulb. You don't need to use a normal switch you Just use your phone to switch them on For 5, as you can see 5, then you press enter
7: So it's a place finger now So I go for here So remove finger Place finger again So now it is stopped, so let's try to open the door If it will access
1: me
5: Director of National Black Engineers Ghana, Abdullah Imoro, urged government to turn its attention to these children to enhance their development.
6: In our conferences, we try to get um, the government support and other stakeholders because it is about time that we give this case attention. You can see the marvelous work that they are doing. Just like last year, we had made all these girls from Kofirudra area attending and they had opportunity to participate in the the World Robotics Competition and won it, and beat countries like US, Japan, Canada and others. So you can imagine if they get so much support in whatever that they are doing, they can really be the future leaders of this country and help industrialize the country that we all need for economic prosperity and development. Apart from, I think Kwame Nkuruma, who plays much premium on science and technology, we can still see his footprints, Akusumbo Dam and others but the successive government have failed us. They haven't really given relevance to science and technology.
5: Calvin Young is an advisor to National Society of Black Engineers in the United States of America. We see students who are excited and exposed to engineers, who want to be engineers, who understand how engineers affect
6: everything in life, from when you wake up and brush your teeth and turn on a light to when you get in your car. And these students are going to be our future. They're going to be the future of building, continuing to build the infrastructure in Ghana
1: Incredible feast uh, That's how we end this edition of the Joy Business Report. Our headline Bank of Ghana giving three days to file a response to GN Savings and Loan Suite. My name is Charles Ayote. George Ado Jr. comes up next with the locker room to stay. Man, I'm at the bank. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank or my phone, Charlie. Oh, how? Echo Bank, bro. With Echo Bank mobile app, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my
7: account balance, paid amen school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Wale Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the Echo Bank mobile app from the Google Play Store or the App Store or
2: dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager.
1: Manager,
2: manager. Whether to pay bills or fees, to check account statements, Send money across Ghana, abroad and more. EcoBank mobile app has got it covered. EcoBank mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the EcoBank way. EcoBank, the Pan African bank. For all your sports news
8: in the locker room. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Ado Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM.
3: Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on
7: Joy 99.7 FM with George Ado Jr.
9: The approaching sporting weekend will be dominated by tennis other than football as a fourth Grand Slam of the year climaxes at Flash and Meadows with the male and female single finals on the horizon.
1: I think today was solid. It definitely wasn't my best tennis. And- It's interesting that she knows that. She's a super professional to know that, um, you know, I'm just focusing on not that and just, you know, the next match.
5: All the hard work that I've been putting throughout the years. If someone told me a year ago that I'd be in the finals of the U.S. Open this year, I'd tell them you're crazy. It's just surreal. like... I really don't know what to say. It's a dream come true playing against Serena in the finals of the U.S. Open. Like, I don't know what to say.
9: <laughs> An eventful few days has seen both the male and female U.S. Open champions exit the competition. We welcome new winners on the sports biggest stage. There's a preview of the finals to come on Saturday and Sunday. Non-league football will take the place of club football this weekend. Here in Ghana, the two biggest clubs, of savok and Kumasiya Asante kotoko are set for a showdown and will rekindle the rivalry in a one-off cup fixture, the President's Cup, in honor of the sitting president, Akufo Kufuado. We are going to Kumasi on
3: Sunday. And we all know what Akshati Kotokan, Akrasu. For us, it's a game nobody can predict. But we're all going with the might, knowing one. We have our strengths in Kumasi.
9: Fist Santa Tinga scores the goal in the superclass. record three reason, Reaching change. Between you two. Goalkeeper Joker misses and Hansavog have the second goal. And that is the goal for Kumasi. the goal. We'll be in Kumasi for updates. Also, the under-23 national team, the Black Mitchells, begin the long and winding journey to the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo next year with a match-up against Algeria.
7: We will try our best and we play the two games with them. We always try to have a very, very formidable side and I think all of them are doing well, both the locals and the,
9: the foreign base. We have analysis ahead also coming up. And it's lights out, away we go. Greystaff from of Albon signs are stored on the grid. Sebastian Vettel tucks in behind Charles Leclerc. Lewis Hamilton on the inside, trying to get in Vettel. Kimi Räikkönen has been made contact with him. But Charles Leclerc can now see the chequered flag. And for the first time ever, Charles Leclerc wins a Formula One Grand Prix. Charles Leclerc wins the... Lewis Hamilton is second Valtteri Bottas will come home for third Formula 1 A packed shadow demands the Italian Grand Prix at Monza comes just one week after an emotional race in Belgium As F1 heads to Monza will Ferrari's superior straight line speed on their home track bring them back-to-back victories for the first time since Australia and Bahrain in 2018 or will Hamilton do what he does best in Italy? Analysis ahead if you'd love to send us a message in reacting to our questions of the day, we will love to read them on our various social media accounts, joy slash 997 on Facebook, 244 340437 on WhatsApp, or you can tweet it as a joy sports gh. We will check out Ghana's final list for the World IWF Championships to come in Doha and go around the world for same as the deadline to qualify for events elapses today. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sports. Hello from me, George Addo Jr., and welcome to Review Friday.
8: Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr.,
3: Canal. We are going to Kumasi on Sunday, and we all know what Akra So. For us, it's a game nobody can predict. But we all go in with the might, knowing one we have our strengths in Kumasi.
0: center
9: Tinga scores the goal, and the Superclass records three recent, recent change. Between just two. Goalkeeper Joker misses, and hans have the second
3: goal. We know that. And that is the goal. For
9: Premier League giants Hearts of Oak Kumasi Asante Kotoko will rekindle their rivalry in a one-off cap fixture this weekend at the Bavaria Sports Stadium in Kumasi. That's the 2019 President's Cup in honour of the President Danquah Kufuado. and the 2017 showdown held in Accra was also contested between Hearts and Kotoko, but that ended 4-1 in a penalty shootout in favour of Kumasi Asante Kotoko. So, what should we expect from this year's game? Joining me on the line from Kumasi is lava Kelvin sir? Kelvin thank you very much for your time and let's talk Kotoko should we say this team is most primed for such a game considering they currently carry the burden of impacting in Africa
0: well uh, thank you very much George and Kumatius um, and Kotoko have definitely been uh, a team that has always been in uh, very good uh, form uh, for some of these games especially when they are playing against the bitterest rivals despite um, the number of changes um, uh, consistently in the past three years, with regards to coaches and players coming in and out, they still have a very solid um, uh, team, and uh, you look at most of the teams that are in the country, in the absence of football or because of um, normalization, um, they still have that uh, solidity and that strength you would always want to have in a team playing a number of very good matches, consistently being in camp training, very active players. Uh, being treated very fine medically and then mentally, psychologically psyched themselves up uh, for a very good challenge. Let's not forget that they have a number of players who are also being in So most of the players in the squad would definitely want to try their uh, best to make sure that uh, they push or bulldoze their way through to get into the final books of coach characters. and For me, everything points out very well that for a team that has played in uh, the calf configuration starts in the past season And then playing in the calf champions they qualifying to the final elimination round Before the two stages This game should be one where they stand as favorite Especially when they've always come uh, top in the past three games against Akira so They are well uh, primed for this game And I think that they shouldn't even have any fear Aside that um, uh, unsurprising surprising moments that may come from yeah, Betris rivals.
9: Kelvin is a super clash meeting, no doubt. But has the news been greeted with the same enthusiasm of old?
0: Well, certainly it has been greeted with that same enthusiasm. And let's not forget that before Santa were even played against Asante Gold in uh, the BK Adesai Cup uh, Memorial Cup last Sunday, they were expected uh, to 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 play across the folk. and the fans weren't even happy, with that they felt that uh, they have a very good campaign against. Um, that is a told to have come the 15th of um, September, and then they expected the team to just keep their concentration just a week before that game. But the management felt that it was worth it playing uh, this game just to make sure that they have a very solid team and then build their chemistry uh, for um, uh, the, the game against well. And the fans have really accepted it; uh, they've accepted the challenge. And then the management and the players explaining to them that they've always had the better of a class before in recent meetings. They are all eager and then you go around and you listen to the views of the fans now and it's totally different from um, what uh, how they greeted the news when they realized we were going to play a card. They feel that is a very good time for them. And even with the um, addition or the um, return of Sonia Koba into the squad and his availability for this game, they feel that they should be ready for this game. And Kumasi is eager, plus me San Tukatoko fans. Are ready and they are just sending one into a car. So this year, the house of folks haven't been as active as they are, and they should get to the better of them come Sunday.
9: Finally, Kelvin, let's talk about your predicted starting lineup for Kumasi Asante Kodoko.
0: Well, um, uh, definitely, Kudeto Zakari, and we want to try a number of new players, especially ahead of the Cup uh, Champions League game, with uh, Jordan Opoku and then Augustine Okra uh, being played um, by Cup to feature in that game, I should see um, one or two um, changes from the game against Asante So, Felix Anand imposed no doubt and then at right back, Emprim Costa will certainly maintain his position in there. In central defense, I feel that uh, Habib Mohamed, uh, due to his um, uh, participation in the Olympic team, may not be available for the team because they are playing uh, in um, uh, the Olympic qualifier. So, we have Juman Bedou and Wahab, Adams in the central defense I don't expect Steven I see. He hasn't been feeling too well of late with a number of knocks. I led by Patrick Ewa should be there. Justice playing central midfield. Then Jordan Opoku should come in for some more from so Kelvin Matheando on the right hand side. Imano Genfi uh, on the left hand side. And Tony Akuba returning should play behind uh, Richard Arthur as the main striker.
9: Thank you very much, Kelvin, for your time on the show. And let's get on to the other end of this all-important battle with Felix Rumak joining me on the line for some analysis. And remark, we have to talk about the hearts of Oak. Like you know, how busy have the Forbians been? And has this test come too early for Kim Grant's men?
3: Well, I I, I can definitely say that uh, they are they are ready. Uh, after the N T competition, which obviously you know after Folk lost the quarter count penalties, they they went for a three week break and came back, and and it's been training and playing a bit of friendly games with lower teams in in, in, in Ghana football. Which, for me, going to a game like Asante Kotokov, they are playing that kind of games. It might not be you know, the preparation you, you've, won, you've won, but in those four games that they players so of Folk beat uh, Future Start Academy 4-1, they won 2-0 against Royal IFC and then they beat Meteos, who will be in action today against Algeria. So beat. They lost 1-0 to Atofok. Uh, Atofok lost 1-0 to Meteos and which had almost about 4-5 of players playing for the under-23 and then they won two one against Rock Rockstar. So those those are the matches that the Phobians have played after the MC uh, competition. Now I won't I won't compare that to what Kotoko have done because Kotoko have been in competitive games. They've played, you know, two competitive games the uh, competition cap against Pillars of Nigeria losing three two away and then winning two zero Babaya sports. And then last week they played in the in, in, in special cup competition against Ashgold, which they lost on penalty. So, competitiveness, you can talk about Kotoko having better games and all wealthy opposition with the phobians have, have lacked, but we always saying when it is house and Kotoko, the form guide is always out of the window, but I think that Kotoko will come into this game much prepared than across the That should be the advantage that the Kotsuban Warriors will have over the Phobians.
9: What will be your starting lineup? Who do you expect to play where uh, in that starting lineup of Coach Kim Grant?
3: Well, I think that Kim Grant, from the friendly games that I have watched and you know, from new players coming in, I think that he will want to go with a very matured uh, team, a team that he's used to. I, I'm expecting Richmond, i.e., who should be in post for, 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 for his size on Sunday, that is, if he doesn't play for the Meteors to do, because I'm sure if which one are you should be in for the Meteors, Grant, Grant will think twice before, you know, start him in the game against Sunday after playing today on Friday, that would be like a one-day one break, which I don't think will be favourable for the player. so if which one are you don't start for the Meteors, it means that he will be starting for in It's if not for that, then he will go with I expect the back four. Uh, Christopher Boni should be at the right side of defense and then William Denchie, the former Liberty defender, will be at at the left back. I'm expecting uh, uh, Mohamed Alassan who had a training scene with the blaster as far as the outcome that was dropped from the final list. So passing Robert Addo in in central defense. I'm also expecting Alassan Amino and Benjamin to sit behind the back four but I expect more Uh, offensive aspect of the game from Amino in that particular central midfield area. Uh, Fatal (laughs) Mohamed, Grant has turned him into more like a win back. Uh, The the, the, the captain normally used to be at the right back, but now he has pushed him up front in midfield, so he will be at the right side of the midfield. And at the left side of midfield, I I expect uh, Kudrow Ben, Junior to be at the right side. The left side of midfield, Amasi. And then Oman, man uh uh, who supports joseph uh, um, essu as a lone man up front so basically this is what i'm expecting from from the the, the starting level and then quality on the bench is very very important to any team and the new dominication the guy from karela will be on the bench benjamin Ata, manuto uh, the liberty guy who has experience with the premier league will also be on the bench so there's going to be a, a very new look at the Folk bench, but I must say that it won't be a different lineup from what is known
9: as the Folk using throughout the end. To to the final. Thank you very much, Felix Romark, for our time on the show. Alright, so we do more football here. And you can send us your messages on our WhatsApp line, 024-340437. Uh, yes, we have to talk some national issues, the national team issues because the Black matches are looking to begin the 2020 Olympic qualifiers at a good note this afternoon against the Algerian counterparts. Now, the game takes place in a few hours at Accra Stadium and my colleague Benedict Souza joins me in studio. We can have a little chat about young men who look like uh, or who are really looking like they can replace the big men mm-hmm. in a few years to come benedict how are you doing this afternoon George, i'm doing great and thanks for having me good to have benedict we'll hear him later on first Stake. we're in the studios today but ben let's deal with the murky navigation mm-hmm. for ghana in this qualifying or, or qualifying for an event uh, in which we last participated what in 2004 that's yeah, really that strange so, so, so what is that what is the
7: roots looking like what do we have to do and do all right so now we are in the third one we've gone past uh, the first second round, you remember the first round was against Togo, yep. uh, which we won here, went away and drew and we qualified to the second round we played against Gabon here mm-hmm. uh, at the Accra Stadium, you remember that game was played on the same day as that of the Black Stars and then went away, uh, drew and we qualified to this day, so this is the third round of the qualifiers and what it means is that if you're able to beat Algeria home in away, which we are playing the first leg today at the Akron Stadium and then the away game will be in six days time. We qualify to play in the African under twenty three Cup of Nations which will be staged in egypt that will be in november okay. so at that competition we are having eight teams eight african teams egypt of course uh, they, they are in there as her host nation so now we are looking for seven other teams to join mm. egypt and at uh, that's uh, africa and the 23 cup of nations that's where we're going to get the first three and i'm talking about the winner and the runner-up as well as the third place teams uh, those teams will represent africa at the olympic Games. so it's not just about it, this qualifier it, yeah, if, yeah. if they should you know uh, scale this hurdle they now go and play in a proper competition that's more of like uh, a championship mm. uh, which will be staged in Egypt and it's going to be Group a Group B with four teams each and the last four teams of course will make the semifinals with the first second third teams uh, making the qualifiers uh, making uh, the teams to yep. represent Africa at the Olympic Games in Tokyo
9: and that's a very tight rope um, thinking and, and, and knowing that we have some powerhouses when it comes to youth football. Mm-hmm. We we've had a taste of it already. What happens under seventeen, and yeah. under twenty, and under twenty-three? So I'm sure the boys know yeah, exactly course, what they uh, have it, against.
7: Will be, it will be very difficult because you look at the teams that are you know gunning to reach uh, the African Under Twenty Three Cup of Nations. As I mentioned, Egypt are already in there. We know Algeria's uh, you know ability to yeah, get in there, and we play against the Algerian team in this uh, very round. We also have teams like Mali, Nigeria, South Africa. All of them are still in contention, you know, to make uh, this very competition. So He's very, very tight. It's not going to be easy if uh, you, you sit somewhere and think
9: that after this Algeria game, the guys are through to uh, the Olympic Games. That's not it. But let's talk about the team then. Ibrahim Tanko, the assistant coach of the Black Stars, but of course, the man in charge of the Black Matrix has been well, scratching his head a bit. He's got some stars to deal with, some great players yeah. who have wonderful futures. Tell us about the team. We have a very good team, and uh,
7: we, we have players that, of course, you look at where they are playing uh, in in terms of their club football, they are doing very well. You can talk about someone like Majid Ashimo who is now with Red Bull Salzburg uh, last week, um, played and scored. Bernard Petit doing very well in Germany. Um, Fobi is in the team. Yaya And now with Nomacia, uh, he has left Nomacia uh, to, uh, that's, uh, well, Mallorca, uh, you know, uh, and he's trying to, you know, get something uh, from there. You look at other players in the team, they are top, top players in the team. Kwame Bar, as we know from uh, under 20, now with with this team, you can talk about someone like Gideon Mensah, who at a point, Barcelona, we're we're trying to, you know, get him. him. And, and, And that story was very true. It's not like it wasn't true, it was very true. I, I I from from reliable sources, you know, he was caught. He he spoke to Abidal. Uh, who is the director of football at Barcelona? And they really wanted him to come on loan, but but uh, because of playing time, of course, if you go to Barca at this time, there's no way you get much playing time. But because of playing time, he had to uh, move elsewhere where and uh, now he's playing regularly in Belgium. Mm-hmm. You, you can also talk about you talk of someone like Joseph Pinto. Mm-hmm. If you watch the last game at the Accra Stadium, he plays in Genk and he's one of you know the best players say uh, in that Genk team. So the, the future is very bright, and we've got lots that we can rely on in this very game yeah. Joe for me, uh, most of the players in this team yeah. they don't need uh, a lot of introduction Dauda Mohamed of Hassan, Ticotopo, yeah. who yeah. is now in Holland yeah. Nicolas, Opoku, we know of the Black Stars from Bukum Chelsea now uh, in Italy playing for Udinese so we, we
9: have a very solid team but then it becomes imperative then that they they qualify mm. because once they qualify then they are in proper shape to take over because it's been it's been, it's been quite a while now let's talk about the game mm. They have to do the job here, because going up north could be absolutely difficult. Of course, and that, that's what they've done
7: throughout uh, this qualifier. the first one in Kumasi, the game they played against Togo. They won as many as four, and also beat Gabon four here. Even in Kumasi, it was more than four. When it was 5-1 or so. And here in Accra against Gabon, they beat them by four goals. You know? So, I mean, they know very well that uh, in competitions of this nature, or in qualifiers of this nature, the, the most important thing to do is to win your home game. And it's not just about winning, but winning with quite a number of goals. So that when you go away, you try and get a draw. Because the Gabonese team that we saw here in Accra, that we ran right to, But then when we went away, we drew with them. Mm. Togo as well in Kumasi that we beat them uh, convincingly in Lomé. We, we had troubles. So, of course, if you play against an Algerian team that, you know, have some of the experienced players and everything that they've done with the motivation from winning the Africa Cup of Nations, they'll look up to their seniors because they see their team to be the next, uh, you know, national team. And if these guys are coming, they are more motivated than mm. our team. So, of course, it's very, very crucial that we score not less than. Three goals today. Three goals. Yeah, we don't have to let them score. If they score, we will be in trouble in the second leg. We just have to score with, with a clean sheet. Win with a clean sheet. So
9: thank you very much, Benedict also he'll be at the Cross Stadium. We'll be there to watch a game between uh, the Black Midgets. Quick one. Just a quick one. Yeah, quick one. The lineup. Uh, yes, your is your Yeah, the, oh, yeah yes. the
7: starting lineup is in. So Kwame Bang is in post, and then we will have Kingsley Fobi. He will play at right back. Gideon Mensah will be at left back, and we will have uh, uh, the centre backs of uh, Zakaria Fuseni and Nicholas Opoku, and then Majida Shimao Yarebua who is. Part of the team, as well as Osman Bukari will be in the midfield, and then we'll have uh, Joseph Pinto. Joseph Pinto will operate on the right side of the wing, and then Dawda Mohammed
9: uh, will be on the left with Tikpete playing up front. Benatikpete, thank you very much for your time on the show. Uh, we we'll look forward to that game, and we'll be bringing you the updates here. You're still uh, live on the locker room, enjoy 99.7 FM. It's now time to hear from the BBC's John Bennett. We had a great chat on the BBC or the Joy Sports BBC 2 A series. Enjoy this and there's more here on the show. time this weekend and shall we begin with the transfer window that closed days ago it's Paris Saint-Germain on the talk board and after securing the services of Mario Cardi from Inter Milan and retaining that of Neymar how disappointing will another poor
10: showing in the Champions League be? It, it will be massively disappointing but the, the problems are still there for me that the, listen there are positives I think they've had a decent transfer window uh, when, when you think about it Idrissa Gay has arrived from Everton they needed that number six player uh, with a bit of dynamism Ander Herrera has arrived from Manchester United they needed that grit and determination in midfield so I think those are two quality signings that will improve the team particularly on those big Champions League nights The Neymar situation is interesting on one hand you could say it's it's really positive that they've kept him on the other hand, what sort of Neymar will they get? The indications are that he's motivated, that he's happy, that he's he gets on with his teammates, that he gets on with Thomas Tuchel. So maybe they will have a really motivated Neymar this season. There is a difficulty, though. They've got four strikers for three spots. You've got Icardi, Mbappe, Cavani Kav- and Neymar. So how do you keep them all happy? I guess... Cavani is the guy who makes way, but his numbers have been incredible for PSG over the last few years in terms of scoring goals. He's, he's in his final year, we think, at Paris Saint-Germain, so maybe they're moving him aside. is a fantastic player, and I'm sure he will score goals for PSG. I'm sure they will, of course, get out of their group in the Champions League, but it's when they get to those big games in the last 16 in the quarterfinals, there's a psychological block for PSG. They need to get over that make no mistake the whole season will be judged on the champions league i think leon actually will push them close in liga this year but the whole season will be judged on the champions league semi-finals or final is a must this season for paris saint-germain no excuses
9: let's stay in england and docker chelsea frank lampard's reign of the club has started with massive expectations surely from the fans however a few games have indicated how long a season this will be for the blues how can Frank find the balance between the defence and the top?
10: It's a difficult job. Uh, I think he's taken it at a really difficult time and it's not been a great start to the season. That that big defeat against Manchester United, um, the draw against Leicester, when Leicester should have won really, James Madison had a great chance. A win against Norwich, but a narrow win against a team that's just been promoted. And then the, the worst of the lot for me, Sheffield United, 2-0 down, Get it back to 2-2 at Stamford Bridge. Big, big alarm bells for me, that result. I don't think the problems are just at the back. Antonio Rudiger is coming coming back, so I think that's a massive, massive plus. Not enough people talk about him as being one of the top defenders in the Premier League. I think he's a great defender, so that's a positive. N'Golo Kante will be fully fit, we hope, after the international break. He hasn't played for France Uh, because uh, of an injury and he's being rested so hopefully he'll be fully fit so I think defensively they'll be okay I, I have actually concerns in attack they've lost Eden Hazard and they're relying a lot on Christian Pulisic to be the creative force Mason Mount to be the creative force two very young players and then up front they're relying on Tammy Abraham to score the goals good player but is he really a top four striker is he clinical enough to be a top four striker There are many worries for me for Frank Lampard and Chelsea and it's not just defensively. And some tough games to come. They've got Wolves after the international break who will be rested after their exertions in the Europa League in the the first part of the season. Wolves at home, are always tricky for a top-six team because they love playing on the break. Then they play Valencia in the Champions League and then a massive game at home to Liverpool. So some really tough games after the international break and Frank Lampard... Is going to be uh, tested to the maximum. It may be a while before they get their next win. Manchester
9: United look unsorted as well with a draw recorded at Southampton last weekend.
10: Yeah, I, I, the strange decisions um, from Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Lukaku gone, Sanchez gone. We don't know what's going on in the dressing room. We don't know the problems there. But if you're a manager of a top club like Manchester United, you have to handle these big players. It's about man management. Alexis Sanchez, yes, has not been in great form. But surely, surely someone has to get the best out of him in the Premier League. He's a proven Premier League player. He will go to Inter Milan and score goals. There is no doubt about it. Romelu Lukaku has already started. He's gone to Inter Milan and he's scoring goals. They are light up front. Anthony Martial, who I like as a player, but I'm not sure can be trusted to get you 20 goals. Marcus Rashford, who again I like as a player, but I think has got a lot to improve on. And then Greenwood, who we don't know how good he will be. So they're relying on him. Midfield, I think they're very light. Paul Pogba always gets criticised, but he's by far the best player in the Manchester United midfield. And then defensively, people are talking about Harry Maguire as if he's the next Franz Beckenbauer. I tell you what, he, he is not a defender in the same class as Virgil van Dijk. He is a good player, very good Premier League defender, but he is not world class and they will still concede goals. And Lindelof as well. Is not, I think, as good as everyone is saying he is, and we've seen that. So there are weaknesses across this Manchester United team. A massive game for them at the end of the international break, taking on Leicester. Leicester look to be pushing for a top-six finish. They look as though they can challenge the likes of Chelsea and the likes of Manchester United for a top-six place. And if they're not careful, Manchester United could be finishing this season in seventh or eighth. So that's a must-win game for me for Oli Gunnar Solskjaer against Leicester in a week's time. Now, Liverpool's
9: Jurgen Klopp wants the world to believe all is well between Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah after the Senegalese burst up on the touchline over a pass that was not delivered to him in time. How devastating can bad blood between the two be to the title chances of the Messi-siders?
10: We've never really seen it before, have we? Two players in the same team going for the golden boot. Obviously, they, they did it last season and they were level. They, they both desperately want this golden boot. You can see it. they both desperately want to score. It's a bit like Formula One, isn't it? Where you get two Formula One drivers in the same team going for the championship. Uh, th- they get on, by all accounts, that they get on. They're really good friends. Roberto Firmino as well. The three of them are really good friends. I don't know them very well, but uh, but I've dealt with Mohamed Salah before and and Sadio Mane, and you know they are they are good people. They are, they are good guys. You expect them to sort this out. Um, Ian Wright, the former Arsenal striker, said on the BBC that he loves this, he loves to see this determination to score. And we have to remember, when the flashpoint happened, Liverpool were two goals clear, I think, of Burnley at the time. So it wasn't as if it would have turned the game. But I wonder when we get into the big games against Manchester City, for example, and there's that big chance and Sadio Mane is free, will Salah pass the ball? You look at the stats, his assist ratio is actually really good, The, the, the amount of times he set up Firmino, Mane and other players so I think it will be sorted out but it's one to watch and and, and the cameras will be trained on them won't they over the next few weeks to see any little reaction and Jurgen Klopp has to keep an eye on this I'm sure he is he's a very good man-manager one of the best in the game but it's certainly going to be interesting over the next few weeks to see if um, Mo Salah starts passing to Sadio Mane in those critical positions
9: Finally, Arsenal fans do not know whether to laugh or cry about their current defensive situation The move to getting players to save their defensive walls is backfiring badly. Can their defensive midfielders then
10: provide the cover they need? Well, there is one reason to laugh rather than cry, and I was so impressed with his performance in the North London derby. Uh, Matteo Guendouzi, wow, what a player this boy will be. Uh, Just positionally, he always seemed to be in the right place at the right time. He drives the team forward. He's brilliant defensively. He's a great cover player. If Arsenal have a good season, I think it's going to be a lot down to him. And he's in the France squad as well during this international break, which tells you how highly he's rated. Paul Pogba was injured, so Guendouzi was called up. And I've got to say, it must be a big part to play with that North London derby. I'm sure Didier Deschamps was watching, and he was so, so impressed. There's someone who played in that position as well. So that is a reason to be positive. Defensively, we know they're weak. We know that David Louise one in every five games, one in every six games... He loses his head, he plays appallingly, and he goes missing. He does something stupid. But for the rest of the games, he will actually be, I think, a, a positive for Arsenal. Um, going forward, I, I think we there, there is a lot to be optimistic about. I think Nicolas Pepe will get better as, as the weeks go by. Aubameyang and Lacazette are delivering already. So we know defensively there are problems. The, the good thing is Tierney will be back soon after his injury, the new signing from Celtic. So I think there are reasons to be positive for Arsenal fans. I tell you what, I'd be a lot more positive if I was an Arsenal fan compared to
8: being a Manchester United or Chelsea fan at the moment. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr.
2: is done. Belinda Bencic has taken out the top seed and defending champion of the U.S. Open. She's oh, retiring. Enjoy. Mr. Djokovic. Has Djokovic is
11: retiring. The champion is
2: out. Six. It's really
1: good. I mean, to be in yet another final, it seems honestly crazy.
11: I really don't
5: know what to say. It's a dream come true playing against Serena in the finals of the U.S. Open. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs>
9: Tennis next on the locker room and the final Grand Slam of the year climaxes at Flash and Meadows this weekend with key finals in the male and female division on the horizon. In the female division, we know the Canadian teenager Bianca Andres screws up against the six-time champion Serena Williams. Well, the eventful last few days have seen the exit of defending champions Novak Djokovic and Naomi Osaka. Five-time champion Roger Federer as well has been shown the door. So, with the semi-finals setting the tone for the grand finish... We can get some analysis right now from the BBC's senior tennis correspondent, Russell Fuller, who has been with us on the locker room all through the tournament from Flushing Meadows. Thank you very much, Russell, and a pleasure to hear from you at the end of what has been an enthralling competition so far. So let's begin with the exit of female defending champion, Naomi Osaka, quite simply, as the breaking away from her trainer, such
11: a budget got anything to do with her recent inconsistency. I think that may well have played a part, at least in the short term, because it was such a fabulous partnership. After all, she won the US Open and she won the Australian Open in the space of just a few months. Since then, and it's very, very difficult for a start to be living with being world number one and the woman of the moment, she's played on clay and grass and only recently switched to the hard courts again. And she was explaining how she'd almost fallen out of love with the sport and had put too much pressure on the results she was getting. And I think even though she lost earlier than she would have wanted to here, I think she's made lots of positive steps in the right direction. She beat Coco Gauff very handily when there was a lot of pressure on her to do so, under the lights in the Arthur Ashe Stadium court. And I think that we'll probably see a stronger finish to the season from her as she heads out to Asia. Russell, how impressive have
9: Bianca Andreescu and Daniil Medvedev who are more like in players for both divisions
11: been so far in the competition. I wouldn't discount Bianca Andrescu's chances at all. She has had the most amazing season. She's won her last 22 completed matches, admittedly either side of shoulder injury. She's not actually lost since the 1st of March, and time and time again, particularly in this US Open, you see her win a match, sometimes in straight sets, that you didn't necessarily think she was the better player in, at least in the early stages, and that happened again against Belinda Bencic. Bencic's the better player in the first set, and in the early stages of the second, and yet Andresco won in straight sets, and she just seems to thrive on the big occasion, first Main draw of the US Open, she's into the final. Won the prestigious Indian Wells title in California in March. Won on home soil with all that pressure in Toronto a couple of weeks before the US Open. She's already a massive, massive star. She's going to give Serena Williams a huge amount to think about on Saturday.
9: Serena Williams seems to be keeping up with the action so far and is looking really good to win the title on Saturday and equal Margaret Court's 24 Grand Slam
11: title record. Well... Will you say she has managed herself well enough to win? Well, it was certainly the performance of a woman who is not going to be denied this time. She has lost her last three Grand Slam finals. But the way Williams played against Alina Svitolina was hugely impressive. Dropping just the four games, Svitolina put a lot of pressure on Williams, in particular her serve, in the opening stages of the first set. But Williams hit with immense power. She moved very well, conjured up some very nice angles, even served and volleyed at one time and certainly will have all the confidence and all the experience going into the final. But we know how to record equaling Grand Slam singles title. The pressure is particularly intense here in New York on home soil. She can only hope that this time she perhaps reminds herself that she is the best player in the final. She's the one with 23 Grand Slam singles titles to her name.
9: Finally, Russell, let's spare thought for the male semifinal to come tonight. Rafa Nadal against... Berrettino and the darling boy of many down here, Daniel Medvedev up against Grigor Dimitrov. Where will these battles be won or lost?
11: Two fabulous stories in this semi-final. Grigor Dimitrov has twice been a semi-finalist in a grand slam before, but at world number 78, having won just one of his eight previous matches heading into the US Open, nobody predicted this, let alone Dimitrov himself. And as for Daniel Medvedev, an amazing summer on the hard courts of North America. Two finals and a title, very little energy left in the tank coming into the US Open. He's had all sorts of problems with his body, he's been cramping, he's had shoulder problems, he's had glute problems, but he's managed to work his way through and the crowd, I'm not quite sure what they think of him. In the match against Feliciano Lopez in the third round, he got into trouble early on, he got warned by the umpire because he snatched the towel out of the ball staff's hand the ball person's hand and then he also got himself into a little bit of trouble even though it wasn't seen by the umpire at the time for giving the crowd the middle finger salute because they were jeering him and his response was to come out at the end of the match and thank them for all their support booing him drove him on despite the tiredness he was feeling i wouldn't have won this match without you he said so he's been a lot of fun Nadal is going to be a very hot favourite not just in the semi-final but to win the title and to win a 19th Grand Slam singles title. It's just all the experience he's got. This will be a 33rd Grand Slam semi-final uh, Matteo Bellatini can only dream of having a resume like that one day but he's, he's not to be underestimated. I think we're going to see him at this stage of Grand Slams again in future. Hard to See how he beats Nadal at the first time of asking. He's got a very, very powerful game. He, in the last couple of years, has spent a lot of time trying to get More used to the slightly quicker, the hard courts having grown up on clay. Nadal, though, has looked full of intensity from the very first point of the very first match and he's very much in the box seat.
9: Thank you very much Russell for your time and of course we can now talk some Formula 1 because up next is Monza the Italian Grand Prix and there are big questions to answer. We're keeping up everything here. We'll be keeping you right up to date with everything that happens but joining me on the line now for some analysis on what there is to expect in Italy is Raymond Yamada. Raymond, thank you very much for your time. We know Red Bull's Max Verstappen will start Sunday's Italian Grand Prix from the back of the grid as a result of a penalty for excessive engine usage. Does that completely rule out Red Bull?
4: Well, definitely, George. Uh, You see Red Bull actually coming back into the competition, giving uh, Lewis Hamilton some chase in the the championship race. But this definitely puts them out. And we saw how Max Verstappen crashed in the opening lap of that, 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 that race in Spa. And it clearly tells you that there's a bit of a problem with that engine they needed to change the engine, and so they incurred a, an engine penalty, and that clearly put them on the back foot. They are supposed to get into this race starting in twentieth. In fact, they are starting at the back of the grid, and that clearly tells you that it's a big disadvantage for them. They have actually spoken about the fact that, look, they they they, they made some. Inquiry into what happened in Spa, they've actually done some engine upgrades and definitely they can still fight from the back. But that clearly puts them out. I I don't see them putting up any fantastic challenge in this competition. Because this is a race that Ferrari will definitely dominate because of their speed. Mercedes have other ideas because definitely it has been a happy hunting ground for them in the last two years. And so... You see Red Bull actually coming in from behind because it, it hasn't been a happy hunting ground for them since uh, Sebastian Vettel won for them in 2013. And so it, it's going to be very difficult. I don't see them coming back into the switch Starting at the back of the grid, definitely rules out Red Bull.
9: Right. Uh, the T4C will be praying that Hamilton does not make himself available you know, once again at home and again at the Cathedral of Speed. We know Hamilton has won five times at Monza, level at the top with on the list with Michael Schumacher you know the seven time world champion and the Ferrari greats. do you see him leapfrogging Schumacher this weekend
4: well definitely everything looks like Louis Hamilton can't get one over uh, Michael Schumacher because you know he's his won there on uh, five consecutive five, five occasions and he's won there back to back in the last two races and so he would want to make this the third one and you look at Lewis Hamilton and how he's actually performed on this circuit he always says that he, co- he calls it a pit of the snake pit he calls the atmosphere the snake pit because the fans are very intimidating and he he says that he's able to turn the negative energy into positive stuff for him and that's why he's able, he's able to win anytime he goes to Monza and this could definitely be one of those, those, those races for him he's been in fine form and for Mercedes really what they need to do right now is just consolidate points. podium finishes for Louis Hamilton until the end of the season will guarantee him his fifth title. And so for Mercedes, it's not necessarily about winning the title, but just make, uh, winning the race, but just making sure you are in the title race. And so he'll keep grinding out results, second, third, or if possible, he'll manage the, the first place. And if he's able to get as many points as possible, definitely he should be able to actually win his fifth Drivers' Championship. But I see him actually doing well in this particular race. The speed of, of Ferrari would be troubling. And we all know the low drag favors the, 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 the circuit. In fact, the the, the, the low drag definitely favours the the, the Ferrari chassis, sorry. And so it looks very much like this is the race that Ferrari are going to dominate. We don't know what Sebastian Vettel will be coming with, but Charles Leclerc has shown a lot of promise. He's shown that, well, he's one good driver. And if you give him a very good car on his day, on his favourite circuit, which is one that favours a lot of speed and a low drag, definitely he can deliver for you. And so, I think that it's going to be one very difficult race. Um, I just don't see how... Um, Ferrari are going to give this up. I, I'm expecting Ferrari to dominate in practice, dominate in the qualifying, just like they did last year. But I, I still expect Lewis Hamilton to go in there with the race. It's very, very possible he can accept Schumacher, um and get his number six win at the Monza circuit.
9: Well, Raymond, it's just a good time to ask you about you know, how you expect Ferrari or the Ferrari party to be coming along. Now, another big smile from Leclerc or more psychological tension there for Vettel, who seems to have lost the plot within Ferrari and against the world.
4: Well, George, we saw the race last year in Monza. We saw Ferrari actually start 1 2, Kimi Raikkonen and Sebastian Vettel then. And Kimi Raikkonen actually started from pole position and he managed to finish second. Interestingly, Vettel finished fourth at Monza, and that clearly tells you that there's a bit of a problem there for Sebastian Vettel. He's not going into this race with a lot of confidence, he hasn't won. At Monza in the last couple of races, and so it, it, it's very tricky for him. But Charles Leclerc, like I said earlier, has shown a lot of promise. He's shown that well on his day, given a car in good condition, lots of power. You know, lots of power problems sorted out, and with his speed, definitely he can be able to you know win races for you. I think that he's shown a lot of promise, and so um, I'm seeing Ferrari definitely go into this race, dominating in practice, dominating when it comes to the qualifiers. It will take a lot of experience from Charles Leclerc to hold off. Um, the, the likes of Valtteri Bottas and the likes of Lewis Hamilton and so that's where I see a bit of a problem. I think that psychologically Vettel is not up for it because when Leclerc won last weekend, he epitomized, he epitomized the problems of Sebastian Vettel. Psychologically, is not up there because he started the race very well in behind um, Charles Leclerc then he lost the plot along the line and he's supposed to be an experienced driver he's supposed to be leading the line for Ferrari but having capitulated the way he did in the last race and managing you know fourth place it clearly tells you that sebastian vettel's head is not in the right place and you can't expect fantastic performances from the driver vettel and so i think that's a bit of a problem if any good good thing can come from ferrari this weekend it would definitely be on the shoulders of the young man charles leclerc who seems to be in a lot of you know the momentum is very confident going into this race and i think that he is the man to deliver Ferrari this season if they are supposed to get anything at all from this race in Monza. I don't see Sebastian Vettel coming in because he's made too many errors. And let's not forget that last year in Monza at the opening lap he actually crashed. And so psychologically he's all over the place, and I don't see him getting back to his best anytime soon. Maybe a switch to another um, driver would help. Another another car maker would help him. But I think for Ferrari, I think his goose is cooked as far as concerned.
9: And of course, Freeman Yamada with analysis there from one. That's it for The Locker Room. We're back next week with another great edition of the show.
8: Thanks for listening to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. The podcast will be available online at myjoyonline.com in 30 minutes. This production was powered by Joy Sports and supported by the BBC World Service.